Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to do a two-part one here. Q&A section I had on my Instagram at Lanes Media underscore. I had about 40 questions come in, so I'm going to do one part just on basketball questions and then a second part on everything else. So without further ado, let's waste any more time. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode. Part one today is going to be just based on basketball questions. I'm going to get that one out to you ASAP because, as we all know, the main po- purpose of the podcast I have right now is basketball, but as we are speaking, big things in plan, a lot more stuff, just more, the, more than basketball at the moment. So right now, it's this first part of the, of the Q&A on, on Instagram is basketball-related questions. So the first basketball question I had is from at Owen underscore, at Owen.Litzgerald. E, mate, appreciate it. He said, who is your top three currently? Luca is my number one. That is what he said. My top three currently, uh, number one, easy KD for me. I think he's the best player in the world right now. I think he's dead set a freak. I think he just is the hardest player to guard. You know, like, not sorry, the, the most unguardable player in the league right now, if you ask me. I think he's just dead set nuts. He, he's seven foot, and he never wants to say that he's seven foot, but he's a seven foot guard, really. Number two, it's probably... It'd be Giannis right now, just based on form. He just won the he just won the Finals MVP. He's the probably right now in the NBA the best player. But you know, I'd still take KD over him. But I think that Giannis has done a really good job this season. He's been a really good factor, and I think I was a bit more impressed with him than what I was actually used to. I actually thought he's a much better player than what I thought, and he 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 proved it in the playoffs, and he won the championship. So. Congratulations to him. And number three, I still have LeBron. I still think LeBron's top three player. If it wasn't LeBron, it'd probably be someone like a Steph Curry for me. But yeah, I think LeBron's still got a lot to prove. I think this year might be his last legit year getting a chip. And I think if he gets it this year, it's going to put a lot of pressure off of him. But yeah, at the moment, KD, Giannis, and Mr. LeBron James. Second question comes to one of my good friends of the show, at a very not Christian coach. He said, out of all the All-Stars, the superstars coming back from serious injury, who has had the best season? KD, easy for me. The guy didn't even look like he had an injury, didn't miss a beat. He was a dead set freak. Uh, I don't believe that there's anyone at the top of my head that I can think of that had serious injury that came back as good as him. You know, he he dead set, he dead set didn't even look like he missed a beat. So for me, I would say KD. He also asked asked me another question: Who was the best dressed player in the NBA? Easy, Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's a kiddies one, if you ask me. I think he's the best dressed. I like a lot of the stuff he wears and he rocks. You know, someone like Russell Westbrook, a lot of people might say, but he rocks some stuff that's way too out there for me. You know, I, I like I like some of the stuff that Shea wears, so I would say Shea. Someone like Jordan Clarkson too would definitely be in there, but probably most likely Shea for me. He also asks, Boomer's starting five in Paris, the 2024 Olympics. It's, that, it's a question that I thought about actually a lot, and I would actually say that right now, if I was to choose, I'd say Matisse Tybal would definitely be, be there. I think he's a player that is one of the future for the Boomers. I'd say Josh Giddy's another player. That's a future for the Boomers. I think he'd definitely be in the starting five. It's interesting now. Would you start Paddy Mills still? I would say yes. I still think he's got a lot to prove. I mean, I still think he'd have a little bit in the tank by then. He'd definitely make the team. So I think right now, I'd play, say Paddy Mills. Also, Jock Landau. I think he's going to have a really good couple of years in the NBA. I think he's going to catapult and be a really nice piece in the NBA. He'll be a stud if you ask me. I don't know how good he'll be, but I can see him having kind of like a Jay Sean Tate projection rate this year. You know, a lot of, not a lot of people know of him in the NBA, but they will soon in the in the you know the next season, I believe. And then at that other position is hard. You can say you can take the easy route in someone like a Josh Giddy, not Josh Giddy. I'm Josh Green, but it's actually hard. It's hard to think of. I'm not too sure. I'll say Josh. 
I'll say Josh Green for now, but it's it's definitely you know it's it's a it's a toss up in the air because you still could have Joe Ingles there because he's still providing for you at a great age that at a premium age that would it be you'd still obviously take him. Coach also asked me who uh, your underrated players starting five. Now that one's one that was actually a hard one. I actually had to think about that. I'd have Drew Holiday in there for sure. I still think he's underrated to a really big T. I don't think a lot of people. Rem- actually realise how good of a player he is. He plays both ends of the floor. I think it's been more proven now in the NBA Finals and especially in the Olympics because you look at that team, you would have thought that someone like him wouldn't have got a lot of minutes, but he ended up being one of the most integral parts for that USA team. So I would say Drew Holiday, definitely number one, one of the, one of, out of that five. Nikola Vucevic is also another player who is underrated. He's an all-star, but people still don't underestimate how good of a player he actually is. I think he's a good player. I think he's kind of like a kiddies Jokic. Can't really pass like Jokic, but has kind of that same movement and body type like him. Um, TJ McConnell, would, for me, would be in there. I think he's a real good player. I think he's a real asset to the uh, NBA team that he's on, which is the Indiana Pacers, and any NBA team he, he plays for. He plays hard defense. He plays physical. He plays fast. He'll get it. He'll be a pest for you. He'll do all the little things for you, and I think that's super underrated in the league. Another player is like that is like Marcus Smart. I think he's super underrated. I rate him highly. I think he's a player that Boston are going to build around and build for. And 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 he's not going to be you know your best player of all time, but he's definitely going to be a player that's going to be in a championship you know rotation if you ask me. So I'd say him. So I've got Drew Holiday. I've got Marcus Smart. I've got Nikola Vucevic. I've got TJ McConnell. Last player I would say off the top of my head. that's an interesting one. I would say, ooh, it's hard. He's not in the league right now, but Avery Bradley is very underrated for me, if you ask me. I think he's been a player that's been really, really good since he's come to the league. I think LA Lakers should sign him ASAP. I think he could start for them, if you ask me. So I'd say Avery Bradley. He also asked me, Coach, he's got a lot of questions here, Coach. He said, what do you think Brad Stevens is building in Boston? I think he's got to build something pretty nice, if you ask me. I think Brad Stevens is a really smart mind of basketball. I think he sees a lot about basketball, and he's seen the end game. He's not seen the short road. I think Boston were kind of in that... You know, they wanted to win a chip with these young guys, but I think they realized they probably can't. You know, and getting to the conference finals in the bubble was pretty much an anomaly for me, if you ask me. So I think that he's definitely trying to build something there. You look at their roster, they're not old at all. They're mostly pretty young. Like, you look at their oldest player, Al Horford, but after that, there's no one that's really super-duper old. You know, someone like a Mark Smart might be one of the oldest players on that team. So for me, I actually think that he's trying to build something. I think that they're still going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to build within the playoffs. But I'm not too sure what what they can do asset-wise to go and get another all-star or another star. I definitely think they need another piece. Now, I would say Bradley Beal would be a nice piece there because obviously he fits with Jason Tatum, but I think that him and Jason Tatum want to play together eventually somewhere. And, it, hey, you never know. Jason Tatum could ever end up leaving Boston, and Bradley Beal might end up leaving Washington or get traded, and they might play somewhere else. So if I'm Boston, I'm Brad Stevens. Make Jason, Jason Tatum happy. Go and get a Bradley Beal. If you don't have to give up Jalen Brown, even better. That's kiddies. But yeah, I would I would be looking to trade, but I think he's got to build something nice. I actually like him really a lot as a basketball brain. I think him getting promoted to the GM is actually a good thing for Boston. He also asked me, why is nobody talking about the Bucks and Giannis? Easy question for me. They just won the chip, and a lot of people in the NBA have that goldfish memory. They forget really quickly of what someone's achieved. And I think that the chat is all just about the Lakers and Brooklyn, and I I, I don't like that because it, it, it does take a little bit of polish of what Giannis and the Bucks did. Like you asked me, I didn't even think they'd make it past the second round, and they won the championship. So for me, I think it's a really big achievement for them. 
you never know if they'll ever get back there. Like you never know if you if if a championship team will ever get back to that spot because it's so hard to win a championship. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. But I think it's just because they just they won and they're like they were supposed to win. It's kind of like it reminds me of what Golden State was when they won back in fifteen. Some people had them not even making the playoffs the next year, which is just you know outrageous. But for me, I just think people just forget. They don't really care. They just look at the super teams, and you can't look at the super teams like that sometimes. Because at the end of the day, I think Milwaukee's probably a super team now, and I would not have said that 12 months ago, six months ago, three months ago. But for me, I'd say Milwaukee's a super team right now. He also asked me, Kemba, comeback season. Yes, I believe that, just off the top of my head. I think they took a calculated risk with him, and I think New York's actually done a pretty good job in the free agent market. They didn't go out and sign anyone crazy, you know, to a big contract. The only bad contract, if you ask me, is Nerlens Noel. Three years, 38 mil. Bit of a weird contract, if you ask me. I'm not too sure. The NBA is going in the complete opposite direction. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't be a New York's Nick move if they did something a bit out of the ordinary. So I would say at the moment, though, Kemba comeback season, it'd be a great, I think it'll be a comeback season for him. If he's healthy, definitely, he'll he'll, he'll definitely pr- improve this team. I'm not too sure about how much, but he'll improve him. I still think they'll be a playoff team. And you, if you've heard my uh, previous uh Power rankings, they're definitely in the top 15 for me. So I definitely see them being a playoff team. He also asked me, can New Look Heat bounce back? Absolutely. I believe they're going to be a dead set freak team. I think they actually might make the conference finals if you ask me. I think they might upset maybe a Brooklyn or a, or a Milwaukee Bucks. More likely Milwaukee. But I, I, I really like them. I don't know. I hate, and, and let me tell you something. I don't. Know if they'll make the conference finals, but I definitely think they can make the conference finals. I think they're a team that's built to beat super teams. And I'm not too sure. I'll need to see their rotation and see who they actually play a lot. But I still think that they can be a really good team. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll be in the top four seedings for me in the East. Coach also asked me, he's got heaps here. I love it. He also asked me, what does this season mean for LeBron's legacy? I think it means a lot. I think it means that if he doesn't win this year, I don't think he'll win another championship in his career. I think teams like Brooklyn's really on the takeoff. I think they're going to be a good team for at least two to three years at the at the least. Milwaukee's another team that's going to be really, really good for a couple of years. You know, it's interesting. If LeBron wins it this year, it's his fifth ring, and then all he needs to do is get one more ring to tie that elusive MJ. And a lot of people think, oh, you need six rings to be the GOAT. You don't. You actually don't need six rings to be the GOAT because if MJ won one ring, it still doesn't mean he's not the best player of all time. Well, same with LeBron. You know, different areas, different matchups, different types of things. I would say LeBron had a bit harder competition, if you ask me, versus that Golden State team. They were, they were a pioneer of basketball. You know, he came up against some tough teams in San Antonio who just outs. I don't. I wouldn't say they outsmarted them, but they just outplayed them in certain areas. But yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I would say it's a, it, it does mean a lot this season. If he gets the chip, it's going to put a lot of pressure off him. But if he doesn't win with this super team, as you say, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him either way. So I would say this is a massive season for LeBron. He's also asked me, is Russell Westbrook a Laker after the trade deadline? Yeah, I think he is. I don't think he's going to get traded after this after the deadline, I could see him get traded after the season easily. I could see him get traded after the season, possibly to wherever Ben Simmons is at that point. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes and Ben Simmons comes in. I think Ben Simmons is going to be a Laker within two to three years. That's just my hot take. I think Ben Simmons is definitely going to be a Laker. He's swift clutch. Like, let's think about it. Clutch wants all their players in big markets. Like, a lot of people think that, like, teams can just trade players anywhere, but I don't think that Philadelphia can do that. Because if, if they were going to do that, I think they would have done that already, and they would have got the best possible package they could have gotten. But I just think that, you know, going back to Russell Westbrook, I think he'll definitely be safe after the trade deadline. He also asked me, Cade versus Jalen, who's better in five years. Cade, I would say that pretty safely at the moment. I need to see how Jalen plays first. If he does, if he turns out to be a star, could be wrong. But the way I look at it, and the way, you know, I've talked about this with Coach too, 
Cade has a, a lower, a higher ceiling, but Jalen has a higher, no, sorry. Cade has a high floor and Jalen has a high ceiling. So what that means is Cade's probably going to be an all-star consistently for his career, but Jalen could be either a six-man, a bust, or a dead-set freak in the NBA. So it's really hard to judge. I think he'll be an all-star player. I think they'll both be all-stars in this in this league. I just think that Cade's more of a blue chip, and then you would say Jalen's more of a calculated risk. He's a risk, but he's calculated. You know what you're going to get from him. You can, you can kind of tell what you're going to get from him. Other questions that's come in here. Tom Maneri, Mr. Maneri, mate, thank you for the question. He says, what do you think about the Clippers if they get Kawhi back? And who do they trade for next season? I think if they get Kawhi back, depends on where they come in the seedings at the moment. If they're in that top five, top six, I definitely think they can be a contender. I just don't think Kawhi will come back after that ACL. I just think he's very cautious with his body already, and I don't think he's going to get rushed to come back and play. And if you look at it, Kawhi's legacy is pretty good already. He's got two chips. He's probably one of the best defenders ever you know, produced wherever he's made from. You know, like He's not really human. But yeah, I just think that depends on where they come in the season. I say if they're in that sixth range, I definitely think they could upset a team like a Phoenix or a Utah, but I'm not too sure at the moment. I think if depends on when Kawhi comes back, to be quite honest. If he comes back halfway or three quarters through the season, I think they can definitely make some noise. And he also asked me who could they trade for next. I reckon someone like a Thomas Sadoransky from New Orleans. I think that could be a player that teams are going to look at in the trade deadline. I think he could go, he could go to a definite contender. Depending on where he goes, I'm not too sure. Another player, possibly, maybe a Cole Anderson for me, if, if Memphis wants to sell him. I think he's a nice piece. I think he's an underrated piece, and he would fit really well in a, in a Clippers team because that way you can play, you know, basically pretty small. You'd have Serge at that five-man, and you could have Cole Anderson, Kawhi, Paul George. And, you know, I would, it's funny. They got Eric Bledsoe, who I don't think is a great fit there, but they need a shooter. So I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I would say probably depends where they fall. You know, Thomas Sadarinsky or Cole Anderson. But I think Cole Anderson right now is pretty untouchable. Juice at Lachlan Hudson, fellow friend of the show, he asked me, other than Nets and Lakers, who are dark horses to come out of the East and the West? Dark horses from the East, Miami. I've just touched that on a little bit. I think they're going to be really, really good. I think they're going to be a team that no one wants to play in the playoffs, especially Brooklyn. I don't think they'll want to play them. I think they'd rather play a team like Milwaukee. But for me, I would say out of the East, Miami, I like them a lot. And out of the West, it's obvious for me, the Golden State Warriors for me, I think they're going to be in the East, the Western Conference Finals if it stands right now. I need to see Clay still, how he comes back, how he comes back from the injury, what's he going to do there. But I think right now at the moment, Clay Thompson will come back and I think they'll be in that four to six range and I think they'll be a, they'll upset a lot of teams and they know how to win, man. You, you, gotta, you can't really take that out of account. They know how to win. They know how to win on the road too. And if they're in that four to six range, they'll most likely be on the road for all of the playoff series. So I think definitely for me, Golden State and the Miami Heat. At Mossy at Mossy twenty five, he asked me, "Who do you think will be in Eastern Conference Finals next season?" The safe choice is Milwaukee and the Brooklyn Nets. That's a safe choice, but I'll go a little bit out of here. I'll go Brooklyn Nets and I'll go to Miami Heat. I still think that definitely Milwaukee and Brooklyn will be that, but I don't like taking the safe choices. I think Miami is definitely a dark horse team, and they can definitely make it. Scratch a line through Philadelphia; they're done. They won't be in the top four if you ask me. Atlanta could be a smoky if they get on the right roll and things go their way, but right now. The safe choice is obviously Milwaukee and Brooklyn, but I'll go Brooklyn, Miami. Another question from underscore Josh Kevin. Us, how you doing, brother? He asked me, which rookie are you looking forward to? Luca Garza is one, uh, one rookie I'm really looking forward to, if you ask me. Obviously, all the people are going to say Cade, you know, Jalen, you know, 
a lot of these people, but I'm looking forward to watching this Luka Garza guy play. I think he could be a dead set starter for this Pistons team in a couple of years to come, depending on what position he is, if he's a five or a four, but I think he's a really nice piece. Another player for me, I like James Booknight out of Kentucky. He's playing, not Kentucky, out of UConn. He's playing with the Charlotte Hornets right now. I think he's a nice piece. I don't know how many minutes he'll get because he's going to be behind Gordon Haywood, Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier. You know, those players that are just at the moment a little bit better than him, but I think he's a player that can be a definite piece. I think he might the war I talk about, I think he might not play as much. Another player out of the out of this rookie class, Jalen Suggs would be for me someone interesting. Scotty Barnes is also interesting too because he went just before Jalen Suggs. Yeah, but right now I'd say actually Luca Garza, if you ask me. Obviously, I'm a Detroit fan too, so I like him. Kieran underscore Fitzgerald. Brother, how you doing, mate? I love all your stuff, all your fishing. If you guys don't know, follow at belowtosurface.co. They're great people. If you love your fishing stuff, make sure you check them out. Josh Giddy, he asked me, all rookie first team, question mark? No. At the moment, I just don't see it. I think, you know, someone like a Caden Jalen, if they're both guards, you know, they probably lock up those guard positions right now. I definitely think he's got potential to be in an all rookie team, but I just think I need to see how he goes in OKC. If he starts, he's going to have a much better chance, and I think he definitely will start. I don't think there's a point guard right now that's going to be rated over him. I actually think that he'll start with Shea. I actually don't mind that backcourt because it lets Shea roam and do his thing, and then... You know, someone like a Josh Giddy is a smart player, high IQ, you know, average a triple-double in the NBL. He can do a lot of things on the court that's underrated, so I think he'll be able to find a lot of his players. He'll definitely be highly up there in the assists, but just at the moment, I think Cade and Jalen right now, they'd probably, be those, they'd probably be those two guys that would take those guard spots for me right now. Kieran Scott Fitzgerald also asked me, surprise rookie of the year. Interesting, interesting, interesting. The way I look at it, you've got to look at a rookie who's going to have, a you know, basically a lot of minutes from the get-go, Jalen's obviously going to have a lot of minutes from the get go, but he wouldn't be a surprise. Same with Cade, you know that number three, that number three pick. It's it's I'm, I'm blanking right now who the number three pick was, and I don't know why I'm blanking. Evan Mobley, he he won't get rookie of the year because they've basically got you know seven foot players playing at the point guard basically for now. But yeah, I would say surprise rookie of the year. Jeez, it's hard because I would have said James Booknight, but the more I think about it, he's probably not going to get a lot of minutes any at this at this meantime. Geez, that's hard. It's very hard for me. I'm not too sure. I, I actually like... It's funny. I like Luca Gaza, but like, I don't know if he'll get a lot of minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's going to come off the bench. So for me... Oh, geez. Reggie, you've, you've thrown me through a, a loop here. I, I, I'm not too sure, man, eh? Like, a, a surprise could be Josh Giddy, definitely. I think that could be a surprise to some people. A lot of people that aren't Australian, that'd be a surprise too. It's hard. It's very hard. I would say maybe... Oh, geez. Hard. It's very hard. That's a that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe a Trey Man from Oklahoma. I think he could definitely be a person that could possibly get that. You know, the way I look at it, there's not there's not a lot of other people I would I would think that's a surprise rookie of the year. Maybe a Trey Man, but yeah, I'm not too sure to be quite honest. To be quite honest, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball. I like I like watching types of I like watching college basketball more because it's actually more basketball for me. But I don't really watch it. Yeah, I would say probably. Geez, it's hard. I'm not too sure. I'll say Trey Man. Oh yeah, that yeah Trey Man. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Trey Man right now. I'll go Trey Man, but really Luca Garza. Let's be honest here. Also, we got another question from Reggie. He asked me, "Will Killian Hayes have a breakout season after his average rookie season?" Nope, don't think he will. I'm a Detroit fan, and it hurts me to say that, but I don't think he's going to be that good, especially with Cade there, because like Cade's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I think he's kind of like. And like you look at Luka Doncic, I think that's like the next type of generation of player we're going to get from a lot of players now. 
a, a ball dominant guy who's about six seven, got good vision, got good skill, not super duper athletic, but it's always on the court. I think that getting the ball out of Killian's hands is going to be hard. I never really liked the pick at the start when they took Killian. I would have rather than taking Tyrese Halliburton from the get-go. Obviously, he's a better player. He would have been a better prospect for us, but I'm not too sure why they took Killian. He can still definitely you know, be a good player. He's definitely got a lot of potential. He reminds me a little bit of like a Ricky Rubio type player. You know, There was a lot of talk about him, but at the end of the day, will he really be that good? Ricky Rubio is still a serviceable player, but I just don't know how great of a player he'll be. So for me, if I was leaning towards him, I'd go no. He wouldn't. He would not be a. You know, he won't really have a breakout season for me right now. But guys, that is, that wraps up all of the basketball-related questions. Actually, there's one more from the Real Swap Team underscore nine. Okay, Malock. He says to me, thoughts on the basketball New South Wales system. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting question, Malock. Lock. Oh, I'm not too sure, eh? I think it's. Oh, geez, it's. It's definitely. There's definitely room for improvement in there. I, I think that's that's definitely a, a thing. I, I do think that they're trying to make it the right way, and I think having Sam Gruggan there when, when Sam was there, I think he was a smart piece. I do like a couple of coaches they had there. I like Jared Moore. I like Will Lopez, but I think initiating talent is a hard thing to do, especially at that age, because you just don't know who's going to grow and who's going to be this and that. I think they're not doing a bad job. I don't think they're doing a bad job, but like there's always room for improvement. You could obviously say this is the political answer, this and that, but like... I think that they're doing a hard job at the, in the get-go, right? So what they can improve on is probably having coaches that have had a basketball playing background. Like a lot, some of the coaches there probably haven't played basketball in a while. And I think if you get coaches that have played basketball or are currently playing, like that, that for me, I'd listen to them straight off the bat if I, was, if I was a player looking to learn. So for me, that would be for me, get more people in there that actually have a bit more experience, possibly – do more clinics and camps that cater towards development pathways to get into the Basketball New South Wales program and not just a money grab. But that's just my opinion for now. Last question, I did miss this from Pat.Nick. Pat Nicholson, brother, how you doing, mate? Good to hear. He said, do you see the NBL becoming a true option for players looking to go to NBA over looking to go to the NBA over college? I already think that that's a, that's a thing in the NBL. I think it's only going to get better and better. I think if Jalen Green came here, it'd really be a big fish because you got to think about LaMelo last year and then if Jalen went this past year, that would have been massive for the NBL. You would have basically two top three picks in consecutive years choosing the NBL over a college. He obviously chose G League over the NBL, over college and NBL. But I, I do believe that the NBL is going to be a pathway for many, many years to come. I think it's slowly, and I actually don't even think it's slow, I think it's really becoming the best, the second best league in the world. And I think a lot of American players that come here, they actually like the lifestyle a lot more because it's very similar to the US, like USA lifestyle. And they also don't really have to learn another language. I think a lot of players, like for me, if I was playing in the NBA and I had to go play somewhere else, I'd probably choose in Australia or, or somewhere that has a predominantly English-speaking language. And, and that would be that would be a massive call for me. And I think the NBA is getting better. NBL is getting better and better. So for me, I would say it's definitely becoming that. And it already has, if you ask me, in a little sense. There is a couple more questions that I have missed, guys. They also asked me, Mossy, he also asked me, not Mossy, X.CK, how are, you, how are you, brother? He said, what role do you think Russ will slot into for LA this season? The role he'll have will be different to any other role he's ever had. He's the third option for me on this team. He's the third best player on his team. And he's never been any. I don't think he's been the third best player on the team ever. You know, probably in his career. So for me, I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. But I think he realizes that, like, you know what? I want to win a championship. I don't want to be this guy that's just consistently getting all these triple double numbers. So I think he wants to be a player that wants to win. 
I think he's gone to a situation with LeBron where if you want to win, LeBron usually knows how to get there, and I think he can help him in, 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 in a lot of ways. But I think he's got to improve on shooting, and he's got to be a bit more selfless. But I think LeBron will help him with that. I think he'll have a good role, but he's definitely the third best player for me on that team. Last question here, and that was from Rob Merrick, Robbie Merrick, mate. He said, yo, tell us the... Tell us why the top four teams you think are most likely to win the chip, most likely to win the chip, and most likely to not win the chip. So, top four teams for me, I would have two from the east, two from the west, two from the west, Lakers and Golden State, and then two from the east, I have Brooklyn and and, and I'll have Milwaukee. I would say Brooklyn, Brooklyn's the dead set favorite. I would say the reason they wouldn't, wouldn't win it is dead set only because of injuries and health. The reasons they will win it, just look at their roster. They're stacked, and they have the best player in the league. Reasons why Milwaukee would win it, they know how to win already. They've done it. They've proven that, and I think Giannis is going to get better and better, and he's certainly starting to enter his peak. Reasons they won't win it, a bit of championship hangover for me, and if teams figure figure them out and are able to lock down a Giannis, I think it really slows down their whole team as a whole. Now, the Western Conference team's gone state. Health for me, and will they be able to get back to – and will Clay get back to a point where they can, you know, really start to get their regular season intact? Looking at Golden State's, you know, schedule, they have a pretty soft schedule to start the first first 10 to 15 games. I think it's pretty soft, and I think they can get off to a really good start. So if they do that, and Clay comes in seamlessly, I think they'll definitely be a really good team. A lot of people would say, really, you have Golden State second. Yeah, absolutely. And then the reason they won't win at health, Lakers, same. It's 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 basically health and the fit. I need to see how this team fits. If Russell Westbrook's just throwing up bricks, they're going to be shit. And if these players don't develop three point shots with someone like a LeBron, they're not still going to get they're not going to get playing time. And they're going to get traded. So for me, the fit. I don't really care how old they are. I don't think the, the age really gives gives a lot to me that much. I just think they're a proven veteran team that wants to win, and they're all sacrificing for that. But I need to see how they fit, and I need to see how LeBron is backing up. But for me, guys, that's part one of the Q&A. There's a lot of NBA questions, which I love. I'm just having a look to see if I missed any. I did not miss any. But guys, that's that's part one. Make sure if you like this, definitely like, share, and subscribe. But you'll definitely hear a lot of that in the outro. Thanks, guys, for listening. And make sure you stay tuned for part two. It will be up very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all of the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at lanesmedia underscore, all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys. But most importantly, have a great day.